0: welcome to the scramble i'm shiel kapadia coming to you on the ringer nfl feed every thursday with a guest and today i'm excited we've got my friend uh, the legend some would say i would say nate tice from the athletic nate tice what is
1: up my friend it's funny coming up with some football pun for a name segment. I, dude, I, I've had to come up with two this year. Wind the clock, which was like, oh yeah, we're gonna do a forty second gimmick, and I have to get the playoff in forty seconds, which it turns out to be really freaking hard to do. And yeah. so, and then everyone's like, well, why did you limit yourself to forty seconds? It's like, I don't know. I I don't know, I needed a gimmick, and then now it's like, now I do the YouTube, wind the clock, the untimed down version. So it's just like, just puns, football puns, and then doing, I do the article now, and I'm like, I can't call this like 10 things I like and don't like. People already do that. You did that, didn't you? (laughs) <laughs> I, and I took it and, and, and then I did it and I stole
0: it from a Sixers writer. And then someone's like, you stole this from Zach Lowe. I'm like, listen, I don't know. It's a good idea. I'll give them credit every time, but I can't come come up with new ideas. It's impossible. I know.
1: And, and someone's like, well, why don't you do 11? Because there's 11 people out there. And I was just like, well- I can't always come up with 11 things. So now it's just <laughs> yes. the, the weekly rewind, which has been seven, eight, nine things. I, I don't think I've even made it to 10. So I, I truly have not stolen the gimmick completely because the number is not the same.
0: That's smart. See, that's a veteran move right there. Don't yeah. tie yourself to a number. Uh, yeah, you just write. And then when you're done writing, you're like, that's all I got. Uh, send it in and move on. But I'm reading that. I'm reading the rewind. I'm, of course, listening to Nate on The Athletic Football Show with our friend Robert Mays. I'm watching those videos that he posts, which are excellent. So you gotta consume all of Nate Tice's comments. Uh, I mean, content, not comments. Uh, it's late in the week. Uh, I was reviewing uh, a documentary
1: last night, the Maradona I saw documentary on HBO. Everybody should watch that. <laughs> I
0: saw that. His tweets, he's got it all. Uh, so once Nate agreed to come on, I thought, you know what? I got to come up with something a little offbeat. I'm not just going to hit him with questions and have a normal football discussion. You know, last year, uh, I was, you were dressing up as a pirate. I yep. was dressing up as Bill Belichick. We were pounding Man Campbell coffee. So yes. this has to be a little bit different. So here's the gimmick, Nate. I am. I picked out five people who need your help in the NFL right now through four weeks of the season. And so uh, they've left voicemails for you. I know no one leaves voicemails anymore. So rewind the clock a little bit. They've left voicemails for you. I'm going to read those out. I'm not going to like impersonate the people because I don't think I can do that. And then oh. you're going to see if you can help. So uh, that's what we're going to do. Does it make any sense
1: to you? It it does. I I was hoping for some impressions. So, but I I, I can live with this I might slip
0: into them. We'll see. All right, let's get to it. And then of course we will finish with a mail back. All right, let's start with the first person who needs a little help. Hey Nate, this is Sean McVeigh. I need your help, man. Did you see that game Monday night? D'Amico Ryan's ate my lunch. I'm struggling here. I'm down to like seven string offensive linemen. I can't get Stafford to stop throwing these no look passes. Have you seen what we're paying Allen Robinson? Oh my God. Our analytics folks tell me we're 26th in offensive DVOA, 28th in EPA per drive. I don't even know what any of that means, but it has me wondering if I should have gone into broadcasting. I could be sipping some rosé in Cabo right now, working on my tan. Instead, I'm here dealing with all these issues. All right, Nate, hit me back when you get the chance. Let me know.
1: Is this offense fixable? That was that was pretty good though. That was that was a good impression. <laughs> the man, right at the beginning. I don't know, man. That was that was perfect. God, he's so much like Gruden in a weird way. It's 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 so funny how much they are alike. But I. They, this is the bet they made. Uh, I, I think this offseason, I mean, even if you look at them at their own little draft party, they uh, looked like they are still partying from the Super Bowl. And I think this <laughs> hangover is really kicking their ass right now. Um, yeah, the offensive line stuff, Sean uh, uh, or Sheel, they both, I'll just go, I'll just I'll use them interchangeably. Uh, they just have a terrible combination of being slow and having a very shaky offensive line. And I mm. think it's, you know, obviously the injuries, the offensive line, it was already had question marks, you know, with Joe Noboom New- Boom at left tackle and whether you can replace Whitworth. And but as soon as you lose centers, that's always not a lot of fun. And you can see who the 49ers were teeing off on on Monday night. They uh you remember in Waterboy when um they were about to kick the onside kick and the the kicker goes like, Oh yeah, there's my bitch. Like, you know, there's the guy <laughs> shaking, like, oh my god, oh my god, like that was what the 49ers were doing to the center. They were just running all this stuff, all these games to attack the center. Fred Warner's blitzing, like coming around the, coming around, they were just picking him off. I felt bad for the guy. I'm not even going to look up his name until he he, he needs to, <laughs> need to learn up his name. But uh, but that, and just also the, yeah, the Allen Robinson signing, it was, I I thought that was so curious. I, I've been a fan of Allen Robinson for the last few years, but what he was playing with Chicago last year, a little bit of me was like, is he just, wash now and a little bit was like okay it's a terrible situation but what he played last year was not good he was slow and lethargic and wasn't separating which I sometimes think is an overrated thing but when it's when you notice it so much that it's like okay maybe this is a thing and he still isn't separating this year and I thought this offense needed juice um, that I mean, I know they wanted Tutu Atwell to become something, but that's what happens when you draft a guy that weighs 140 pounds in the second round. Yeah. Um, so they're not getting anything out of him. So this is a very tight offense that can't run the ball very consistently. Cam Akers is kind of a waste of touches right now. Henderson's kind of streaky as a runner. So it's, a, it's an, they've kind of made this bet. It's really, it's Stafford, Cooper Cup, and a little bit of Higby. Like that's really what this offense is. But, they, they have nobody that can run the deep routes. They have nobody that can take the top off, even if it's the threat of it. And I think they just made, this is what they decided to do this off season, which I thought was so curious because I thought this was a team that could just get some cheap guy. You know, you could find a speed guy for pretty cheap on, burner, the, the, on yeah. the, yeah. Just somebody to have that threat because Stafford can launch these balls. Um, I thought the using Skaronic, uh, who I call Skarsgård, as a fullback yeah. was a fun little it was a fun little twist. Like they're using him as a fullback, and it was kind of cool, it was effective, but you can see the limitations of that when you start going behind against the 49ers and they're like, Oh, we don't care if he's a fullback, we're gonna tee off on him. So I think I, I kind of like your boss says, they're they're kind of a bad, good team. Like that's that's how I okay. feel about the Rams right now, especially with their offense.
0: There's a couple numbers that suggest that. Maybe they could be okay that I I was looking at earlier today, like I like looking at success rate early in the season. Basically, it just looks at is it a positive play or not? So if it's third and six and you get seven yards, it's the same as 50 yards. And so some of those outliers that you get early in the season, it's a small sample. Football is always a small sample. I like looking uh, at those. And they're actually sixth in offensive success rate, which really surprised me. And so like there are games, there are stretches where they're moving uh, the football, even though those issues you mentioned uh, are certainly legitimate there. They're turning the ball over on 23% of their offensive possessions. 23%. <gasps> oh, that, man. That, I mean, that's that's the worst in the NFL. That's not sustainable, even though, no. you know, Matthew Stafford will throw it around a little yeah. bit. It's not going to be that high. So if, like, some of those things even out, uh, not even out, but regress or whatever, they could be, uh, certainly could be better than they are right now. But those O-line questions, I mean, they're just so banged up. I think Jordan Rodrigue wrote, let me see you, nine different offensive linemen have played in the five spots through four games. Like, that's just going to crush most teams. And especially if we're zooming out and looking big picture on the Rams and the way they built the team and, you know, it's star heavy. And don't get me wrong, they've hit on a lot of those mid-round and late-round picks. But, when your depth gets tested, when you're a team that approaches it that way. And they've had like the untold story of the Rams is they've had unbelievable injury luck over the last four or five years. Especially at the O-line. Yeah, especially at the O-line. So uh, if that comes back to bite you a little bit, it could hurt. I am curious to see with Robinson because I was sort of on the fence with him too. It was like, I was hearing people say, oh, he looks washed, and he, but I'm like, he's 29 years old. Right, I'm that's like, what You I usually thought. don't lose it then. Yeah. Um, and you have McVay, you have Stafford. There's a need for someone to eat some of these targets, but he's there's been 62 wide receivers who have run 100 routes. He's 61st in yards oh. per route run among um, that group so like they gotta if yeah if, if they don't they need somebody else like you said yep. if they don't get somebody else it's hard to see their way out of this um but yeah right now it's kind of ugly so we'll see
1: i'm glad you brought up the success rate because that's how it feels like they don't it, it, obviously the turnovers it's they move the ball but it's all four five six yard gains and and yeah. then get the third down and then okay here comes cooper cup and that's that's what it feels like so it, it just feels everything's tight, and that's where the I think that ties into my complaint with they're not having a lot of speed is even at the running back position because like it's Cam Akers I feel like has not made a single guy miss like it's, right. it's 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 very frustrating. So even when they do get a nice blocked up thing because McVeigh, yes, he he's a character, and I, I I can see why people are like, oh, you know, he's annoying or everything. You know, it's just haters are going to be haters. He is a very incredible yeah. offensive mind. He really yeah. is. Like he he figures these things out and how he reconfigures the offense, the scars guard at fullback last year, going to empty a whole bunch of times with Stafford. He, I do trust that they'll find some answer, but I just do think the ceiling is going to be capped. Like pun intended, like, you know, like ceiling cap, (laughs) but also their plays, their ceiling is going to be capped.
0: I, I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, they got, they were a top 10 offense three times out of four years with Jared Goff. It's like, they, they, yeah, they don't have the same talent, but if they can find some guys on the O line, I feel like there's a second half version of them where right. they'll at least have a stretch where we're saying, all right, you know, they they figured something out. It's like,
1: it's like the tenth and DVOA offense with like a right. like tenth to twelfth kind of like kind of offense. With I think that's yeah, what they're, and the defense that they're could still to. be good, so exactly. that could be
0: good enough. Yeah. All right, next call on Nate's <laughs> voicemail here. Nate, dog, what's up, bro? It's Matt Canada. You gotta help me out, man. Have you seen what film Twitter and analytics Twitter are saying about my offense? They're both crushing me. The only Uh. thing they seem to agree on is that I suck. I thought motion would solve all of the world's problems, but I think I might've been wrong about that. Anyway, Coach Tomlin made the QB switch, but if Kenny Pickett stinks, I'm probably gonna get the blame. I'm not that bad, am I, Nate? Give me a call back. I'm in need of a
1: confidence boost here. <laughs> I think you got the wrong number then, Matt. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna provide that for you. Oh man, it's rough. I got I got like a bullet to point a list. If you want me to go through Pickett's snaps. Yeah, it's, every, well, I mean, it's what
0: because it seems like they're just screwing up everything. Like it's so sloppy. Yeah. Okay. And, so give and it this, to is,
1: me. this is what it is. It's it's it feels like a high school offense at times. Um the, and, and that's where I feel bad for Pickett. It's like I don't think he's even if I was lower on picket than others, I feel like he's not going to get a fair shot with how this design was. Like his first interception is a good kind of like snapshot. Of this is should he have thrown that ball? No, he should not have thrown the ball, but there's no other answers for him. And and the play then tie down another safety by design. And he didn't have a check down option on it. So he throws the alert late, you know, throws the deep ball late into double coverage. Not good, but he's amped up. It's a rookie making his first, you know, he's, He's excited. He, he hears the crowd. Right. He, he hears the picket chants, the Kenny chants, and uh, I don't know if they chanted Kenny or Pickett. I can't remember, but <laughs> he, he hears it, you know, so, and so he's amped up, but that design, even if it's like, well, don't throw that, it's like, well, where else could he have gone to with it? There's nothing else for him. And I could, so I'm just going to rattle off and this might take me a minute, but this is all the issues. These are just picket snaps. Uh, and I, I mean, he probably had like 20 ish snaps in the second half and it's not just pickets fault. So They ran a jet sweep play that everyone was tweeting where uh, Pickens was blowing up a guy. Quentin Williams was blowing up the offensive lineman. They run a jet sweep. They have one blocker for two defenders. So it goes for like a one-yard gain. Okay. Another play, Pickett gave the wrong play in the huddle because then they had two guys doing the same thing. They had the guard and the tight end going the wrong way and the guard going the wrong way. One of them was wrong because he gave, and I could tell that he gave it wrong in the huddle because the tight end looked at him and goes, what? Like he was like, what? What, are, what did you just tell me? Like it's okay. He's amped up. It's first drive, so that's rookie. They run a Y insert play, which is where the Y the tight end leads in on on a linebacker. They run into a loaded box where it's literally impossible to run that play. Like it, it's the number they have six blockers for seven defenders, so it's just dead. Najee, it was a big Najee Harris run too. Like Najee makes like five guys miss and gains like twenty yards on it, but it was a terrible design. Um, they run a slant flat RPO. Pickett throws the flat into a, a cover two corner who's just sitting there waiting and like he should have just throw on the slant. They run a pin pole, which is where you have two guys pulling to the outside to a two tight inside, both tight ends block with the same guy. So there's two unblocked defenders at the second level. They make a tackle for like a one yard gain. They run a split zone. I, I'm, I'm telling you this, I, I went through it. And I thought I was just yeah. going to get like three or four notes. This was literally all plays in a row. They run a split right. zone play. The center tries to block the wrong guy. They go tempo. They run an RPO. Um, this is after the Pickens had a really nice catch on the sideline. They go tempo because they're like, okay, was he out of bounds? Um, they run an RPO. Pickett looks for the tight end to run a route. The tight end doesn't run a route. So I don't know who's wrong there. Uh, They run a play where the guard's pulling instead of the center. He blocks the off- uh, defense alignment instead of the linebacker. uh, The best thrower, Quinn Williams, hits. The center does the wrong thing on that one. They run a sprint out with a flat in the corner. Pickett throws the flat route right into a corner that's just sweating there. Um, I mean, just oh, the secondary reception. Oh my was gosh! Pickett secondary reception was Pickett was did like an eleven-step drop because he's just bailing, bailing, bailing. Thinking yes. he's still at pit, throws it late, and, and then. But the thing was, there's two defenders over there because there's two receivers in the same spot. So it's just it's bad design with bad play, like a little combo, and so it's just. I feel bad <laughs> because it's, yeah, you, it's like they're not even getting a fair shot to like truly see what he does because I don't think the designs are right. And that's what it felt like with Trubisky. And now you got a rookie plopping in with uh, going against a, a murderous row of defenses this next couple of weeks. So I'm a little I'm a little worried uh, for Matt Canada right now.
0: I know. And it, it's surprising when you look at the, you know, other co- Mike Tomlin is the head coach and they have Brian Floyd. Like they have Bet- on the defensive side Defense. of the ball. But the guy who's directing the offense, I mean, not to make one guy the punching bag, but that's pretty universal. What you just said is just the sloppiness. It's not just a talent issue. It's not just a, hey, we don't have the right offensive linemen like these. I I watched the, uh, I was saying I watched the Eagles offensive line film and then I watched a breakdown of the Steelers, those Kenny Pickett snaps. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Like I I didn't see like those mistakes on the Eagles. You're just, you know, you're getting the brand and oh, this is teaching tape. And then I'm watching like a Steelers play where the guy is like trapping the three technique, but the other guards already blocking the three technique. And it's like, all right, well, so someone uh, is wrong there. (laughs) And so, yeah, I'm concerned about them. They're 14 point underdogs this weekend against the Bills. I think the biggest dogs of the season, unless I'm missing... Uh, a game, and you mentioned it. Then after that game, they've got the Bucks at home, at Miami, at the Eagles. Second hardest remaining schedule per oh, DVOA. Man. They're one and three. So yeah, if they uh, if Tomlin keeps his streak up this year, uh, hand him coach of the year it just it feels like they need to get through the season and then figure out what do we really want to do offensively
1: we know we knew this team would be built through their defense and their defense is pretty sweet like Mika Fitzpatrick's been playing incredible this year um I know T.J. Watt's been hurt but it's it's like at least give the offense a chance like that's right. the thing with bad coaching it's like you can have bad talent level or lower or young talent level sometimes if you want to make that argument but at least like give them a chance. And that's where it just feels like a lot of times with this offense, they don't even give them a chance. Like it's not always, yes, the players have to figure it out, but sometimes if the players are pointed in the wrong direction, that's not their fault because then it's like, well, are they trying to do the right thing that they're taught or the thing that they should actually do? So you see, it's, this is how McCann's offenses were in college. So now I'm seeing, it's not an anomaly. So that's where I'm kind of very worried. And, unless, and they don't really have a, other guys on that staff where I'm like, well, they could just use that guy as the coordinator to help out. It's like, who else they got? So it's, yeah, yeah. again, another team, this is the bet they made.
0: Yeah, okay. All right, this, ne- this next person, it's de- <laughs> they definitely have the right number, okay? Okay. Uh, caller number three, we'll do five of these. Nate, it's Dak Prescott, hope all is well. I need a pep talk. You've been my biggest supporter for years, but I'm feeling some heat here. I can't believe the guys are three and O with Cooper Rush. Don't get me wrong. I love Coop, but I thought the whole operation would crater without me. And now Jerry's telling anyone who will listen that he'd welcome a QB controversy. I know you can't see me, Nate, but I'm shaking my damn head right now. Tell me it's going to be okay. Maybe this will be a good thing. They'll incorporate some of the stuff they're using with Coop with me when I get back. Pretty please, Nate. I'm begging you, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can you imagine where, your where, owner? <laughs> owner going on a call every week and going like, yeah. Yeah, we got a QB competition. What? (laughs) Paying me like 30-something million a year. (laughs) It's Yeah, it's unreal with what
0: they're paying him. But yeah, I, I am curious about your thoughts on just like what the offense looks like with... Cooper Rush and like the Cowboys are sneaky in a pretty good spot. You know, yes. like if they can figure some things out uh, and then Prescott comes back healthy, like I thought they were cooked. Uh, you know, I had, I had a check. take on the ringer and it when they, when he went down, I'm like, all right, start looking ahead to Sean Payton era. And now they're three and one. The conference doesn't look that great. Their defense is playing well. They're getting guys back healthy. Um, how do you kind of see it with Rush and what it'll look like when Dak gets back?
1: It, it, it does help. The Bengals defense is fine, but it, it helps to uh, play the giants and the commanders defense. Yes. I think that does help. So I think that's what's something that people have to take into consideration. I, I of course I'm going to defend Dak, but I think there are some lessons to learn with having the backup in there because it feels like there's not a lot of fat on this offense right now and that they're just going, lining up, running a good play. Um, I love Dak, but Dak always tries to get to the perfect play. And sometimes he, and it's one of the things why I like him because he's there, he is he is a, you know, like we talk about Payne Manning being the sheriff Dak does those things too, changing the play and changing the point for the offensive line. It's really cool to watch. Um, uh, but I think sometimes with Cooper rush, they've kind of just gone like, Hey, like keep it simple, stupid. Like just let's just wind yeah. up and go like, and I think there's some lessons to learn from that. Also like they're, they're going more traditional as far as under center. Um, uh, they have been under 51% right now, uh, Uh, sorry, 51% under shotgun. I'm sorry. So far with Cooper rush, dak has been 67% in his career. So I think that, okay, what's going to understand. So I think that's helped the run game a little bit. And this is a very traditional offense in the sense, and this is why I like it. Uh, Kellen Moore, they run a lot of uh, Scott Lanahan stuff. I've said this before. And Scott Lanahan was my dad's offensive coordinator in Minnesota. So I'm kind of a sucker for it. Some of the stuff, but I think because of that, there looks kind of, designed a little bit better. Everything blends a little bit better now that it'd be under center. Um, I think last year, uh, yeah, DAC was 74% on early down and shotgun early downs last year. It's 61% so far for Cooper Rush. Um, they passed under center at 8% higher rate with Cooper Rush. And I think that's just, again, like we say, a small sample size, but I think there are lessons to learn from that. Not having DAC in the gun and being the sheriff and pointing everything around right. Hey, let's just line up, get a kill play. Let's run a play action out of this. Let's drop back. Let's just, I think that's really helped them. It's, it's almost like they made them get back to the basics. And I think that's what's helped this whole offense. I think Dak is Cooper rush has played well. Like he really has. I think they're also getting some contributions from Tyler Smith, that left tackle, who looks phenomenal. I had a kind of a, it was kind of a joke, but kind of serious that I said, Tyler Smith should be the leader for offensive rookie of the year. Like he is, wow. he's playing legit left tackle. It's him and Chris Olave. Those would be my one, two yeah. um, in some order, but he is playing very well that first. They try to help him with, you know, chip helps, but now they're like, no, let's put him on an Island and against Washington. He played fantastic. And so they're getting, when you get contributions from rookies, Noah Brown is playing well, uh, and then of course they got CD and they're using CD a little bit differently than I thought they would. They're putting them outside a little more. Um, Jake Ferguson, another rookie tight end has looked really played really well. That's helped them play. They like, they do re- a lot of good stuff out of two tight end looks. So now they got these twins and Dalton Schultz and Jake Ferguson. One, one's a Utah guy and one's a Wisconsin guy. So that kinda, <laughs> that's kind of fitting. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it's like now they got these guys like working together and I think that's, it, it's. They're they by getting back to the basics. I think it's going to help Dak when he comes back, and I don't think it's a true quarterback controversy because Dak can do so many more things than Cooper Rush can. Yeah. A little bit more accurate, but it has been fun. Like compliment to Cooper Rush, but also compliment to this offensive staff for Like not getting too out of hand.
0: Yeah, it's good to have different solutions to problems. So like you said, maybe there'll be a game where you just have Dak and shotgun and he's directing everything, like you said, but to not have to do that all the time and say, all right, that wasn't working. or against this defense. Let's switch it up. Uh, Cooper rushes. It's again, everything's a small sample, but his splits with and without play action are pretty, are pretty dramatic. He's he's 70% (laughs) completions, 9.8 yards per attempt with play action, without play action. 58% 58% completion, 6.2 yards per attempt. So there that equates <laughs> to like the worst quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. So yeah, lean into some of those things when yeah. uh, when Dak Prescott gets back. And uh, I'm with you. It's like they they faced a couple bad defenses, and their defense hasn't allowed more than 20 points right in, in in any of their four games. So it's not like he's in these uh, shootouts. I, I I was thinking as a joke, if I'm Dak's agent, like Dak, we're gonna chill. Uh, the next couple of weeks here, you got the Rams and the Eagles. We'll come back week seven. The Lions, uh, one of the maybe the worst defense right. in the NFL. We'll, we'll come back then, and then you know Jerry can have his QB controversy then if they're five and zero. then Cooper Rush is lighting up the next uh, next two teams yeah. there. But no, they're in a good spot. Yeah,
1: come back Better and have a, than I was a, four, anticipating. A, a forty burger against the Lions, and then just <laughs> be right. like, see, yeah. see, yeah. like look up. <laughs> there it is. It's <laughs> a good one. A good one to come back on. <laughs> All right.
0: Next call, call number four of five. Nate, what's up, man? Greg Roman here. Can you believe people are saying I look like Daryl Morey? Get the frick out of here anyway. I need your help. I can't catch a break. Half the haters are saying my passing offense is elementary. The other half say I try to run too many things and make it too complicated. Anyone check DVOA lately? You know which offense is first overall and first in passing? It's mine, baby. Who did Mike McCarthy and Josh McDaniels hire for their PR campaigns? I might need to get those guys. Help me out, Nate. You've got a big audience. Set the people straight. It's not just Lamar who deserves credit.
1: <laughs> Do you believe in the glory of Roman? That's a, that is really with him. Oh, that was amazing. That's hilarious. It is Lamar, though. That's the thing. It, it is Lamar. Uh, no, but it's... God, I, this offense like makes you, is gonna always just make me want to pull my hair out. It, it's, why? It's, Tell me
0: because it's uh, I look at it. You know, it's it's like it's performing and yes. Lamar's playing well, and I don't look at it. he's not surrounded by a great cast. So yeah. yes, L- Lamar deserves a lot of credit, but uh, I'm not saying you're wrong. Like I hear that a lot that you know yeah. they're not putting him in position to win. So I'm curious as to why you say that.
1: It's well, even last year and I, I, I they have improved on this, but it's like they they do try to do too much. like if you even look at Greg Roman's playbook, it's ridiculous. it's like 700 pages of route route combinations. <laughs> it's every yeah, it's 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 insane. um so that like last year they would have guys try and quote unquote read routes, which is like, okay, based on this coverage, I'm gonna break in and based on this coverage, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna break out. But the thing is you could tell it was just more of an idea than something they practice because you'd have two guys in the same spot, which is just poor Lamar would be yeah. sitting there going like, shoot. Okay. Where do I go with it? Um, Lamar has never played better football. Like this is, this is the best I've seen Lamar, even including his MVP season. Uh, he, he's throwing from the pocket more than ever. He's scrambling less. He still scrambles a decent amount, but he's scrambling fewer times than he ever has in, in his career. He's, this is the best he's ever looked as a pocket passer. And I do think they have, Roman has done a good job of building routes that Lamar likes. Lamar, Lamar likes throwing over the middle. He likes having guys on the move. And he loves throwing those. That's why Mark you see so many Mark Andrews over routes. And that's what he's good at. The thing that they were getting into was they run more heavy personnel than anybody. They're, uh, and this is the most under center Greg Roman's ever been in uh, with Lamar as a starter. So like when they go under uh, all these heavy personnels, they're getting into the defense has to load the box. And so they'll run these kind of mirrored routes on the outside, but then they run hitch routes. And so this is the frustration. That's like, I like the idea of what you're doing. Hey, they're loading the box. We got one-on-ones on on the outside. Hopefully Rashad Bateman comes back healthy because he's playing so well, but we got these one-on-ones. Okay. And then they run a hitch and it's like, no run like a slant, run something vertical with it. You're wadding it up. So it's, there's always a disconnect with this offense that they, they are trying to do the right things, but they, it's like they they try to be too gimmicky in a way, uh, but also I'm saying that they also this is hilarious. So how you present it, it's like sometimes I'm too gimmicky and sometimes I'm too basic, and that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what it is. And it's it's so they do do some nice things, but then they'll run um they'll run a play where they have a receiver screen coming across, and then but also having a traditional route combination to the field. So it's like they have all these ideas on the whiteboard that look great. But then when you look at it's like a defense is practiced too. And they're just like, okay, we'll just do this against you. And then it's like, okay, so what's your counter punch? Um, but that's the thing. It's going to work because Lamar is so incredible. It's going to, that's where I think where the frustrations come from. It's like the, Lamar is a unique talent. You have to have a unique offense around him. But it's, they don't have any easy buttons sometimes for him. Hey, don't make it all on Mark, throw a screen. Throw something, hey, you got those mirrored routes, throw a different route than a freaking hitch uh, that's six yards. Yeah. You know, throw something that's attacking down the field. So I think that's where the frustrations come from. So it's it's going to be what it is. This is how Greg Roman is in this passing game. And I think with getting J.K. Dobbins back, getting some, uh, you know, uh, Daniel Falale, Falale from uh, Minnesota, left tackle playing well. Yeah. I think their run game's going to come together a little bit more. Lamar is also being in the Gunners' run. They're kind of blending it together. But the passing game's got, I think, it always going to be frustrating.
0: Yeah, it's like I just watch him and go, is this sustainable for 17 games? Like, is this guy going to be able to do this much every game for that many games against some really good defenses? You know, it it almost seems like it's not possible. You know, like he could have a, there's going to be stretches where it's just like, all right, it kind of weighs on you. Like you said, yeah, I think that that's a great point. It feels like if you could ease him up uh, sometimes. I think you were the one, were you saying the uh, Josh Allen or the Bills or the Ravens that sometimes they call run plays just to give the QB a breather. Yeah, yeah. And like Josh watching Allen, yeah. it, I thought that was a great point. Yeah, like that makes sense. Like, all right, on every play where you drop back, we're asking you to be Superman and yep. go like 110%. And so we'll give you a couple here and there. Yep. But um, I think it's a question with with both those guys. I mean, so as well as they've played and they're two different players, obviously, but as well as they've played and especially with Allen when he's like just going into it and taking hits and flipping upside down and you just watch it sometimes going, man, it's week four here,
1: guys. Like right. it's
0: a long season. Like, you know, it's, I know you want to win every game, but
1: right. It's not a playoff, out game. A, bit. a playoff game. I understand. Right. Go for it. Yes. Yeah. Like or are going for the playoff spot, but yeah, like week four, week five, it's week three. It's like, man, yeah. like that's where, even with the Cowboys discussion, it's it's about having the options when all the tools in your toolbox not everybody is, has built the same toolbox, but having as many as you can, like sometimes, yes, the screwdriver is working over and over. So why would I need, why would I need a Phillips screwdriver when just the the normal one's working, you know, the flathead's working. Okay. But then now you need it. Like now they go, no, this screw does not work. So it's like, shoot, now I need that different tool. <laughs> and that's why just like, with, even with the Cowboys offense, it's like, yes, we can do all the gun stuff and Dax point and all that. But being able to under center run is another tool in your toolbox. And same thing with the Ravens. It's I think they do need the run game a little bit just to give Lamar more breaks. Because I I've, I'm i going to make a joke that I've, I've, I've been workshopping, and that's uh, <laughs> it. Really does feel like the the original LeBron Cleveland Cavaliers when it was like mm, just give the ball give the ball to Mo Williams, take a break. Okay, yeah. all right now LeBron go do something. Okay, all right LeBron. Okay, play defense. Okay, do this. Okay, here you go. Give the ball to Mo Williams. Okay. All right. All right. Come on. Like, but that's, but do you want to give the Baltimore Williams? Like, you know, like that's, that's right. the trade off. Yeah. It's a great
0: point. Like you think, should they just call more straight runs, but then it's like, well, what makes them dangerous is that they have Lamar as a runner. So I think finding yeah. that balance with someone like him, uh, is definitely something to keep an eye on in the weeks ahead. All right. Last call here for Nate, big Nate. What's up my guy. It's Dan Quinn. You ever use one of those shower mirrors for shaving complete game changer, man. How do you think I keep this dome so clean? Give me your address, I'll order you one. Anyway, that's not why I called. As you've seen, my defense is balling out, but we've got the Eagles and Jalen Hurts in a big one next week. Have you seen that offense? They're shredding man, they're shredding zone, they're hitting explosives, they're running the ball. I'm not sure what to do. I watched that offense in the playoffs last year. It stunk. There's gotta be a way to slow them down. I'm just not sure how. You grind the film. What's the best strategy for stopping the birds?
1: Don't fumble the ball four times. That helps. Yes. When I, your offense. Yeah, that's that, that oh My help. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that was I saw your tweet
0: was exactly what I thought. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, the rain. Like I was like, there the two biggest the two biggest mismatches last week were Cliff Kingsbury against the play clock and uh, Trevor Lawrence against the rain. I couldn't decide which was a bigger mismatch, but my God, they couldn't do anything. I mean, as I was watching the film, like people were, you know, here were giving the Eagles defense credit and I'm like, he gave away like five possessions. I mean, two he just yes. fumbled on his own. Uh, he missed a deep ball that was a touchdown. They killed yep. the corner on a stutter go. Doug Peterson was trying to just call quick screens and he was air mailing them, so yep. he called the draw. So um, yeah, I'm with you. So that that's definitely true in terms of the big game. I think uh, Quinn wants to know though just just that Eagles offense. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm speaking for him. I don't mean yes, to speak yes,
1: for him. no, but it's it's man, they do make you pick your poison, and, and it, it's. The the Cowboys are funny because it it's it sounds so simple. It's we have good players. Let's just let them play fast. Like let's just let's just let them go. And they do it. And nothing is exotic in what they do. They run a lot of man and a lot of cover two. That's what it seems like to me. And and that's haven't looked at numbers, but just eye test when I'm watching this defense. And they but they do a good job of like putting Micah Parsons around. So when you're playing this Eagles offense is one, hopefully you have a good game script. So you got to force, you know, you got to force Jalen Hurts to drop back and be a traditional drop back passer, which is still a question mark with him. Um, you also got to try and make him run to his left. He, he Going into last week, he had one pass attempt uh, breaking out of the pocket to his left. Like he is, it's, oh, it's hilarious. Oh, that's interesting. And then, yes. And I haven't looked what it was after the Jaguars game, but I, I'm sure it wasn't, didn't improve much at all. No. Um, and that's what the Bucks did to him last year in the playoffs was they kept, funneling him to his left and you got to be disciplined against this team. You're going to take your punch. Well, you're going to get hit in the face by this team. The offensive line's good. Like you were, to t- you complimented the Eagles offensive line to how well coached they are. They're incredibly well coached. Um but I think sometimes you got to force live with these 50-50 balls. They Jalen Hurts loves to throw the go ball. And I think you just take your chances with that and try and get him to go to the left. But I'm saying you load the box because I think this run game over time is going to gash you. Um, you have to be disciplined against this team. Last week, the Eagles had a big spotlight on Devin Lloyd, the rookie linebacker for the Jaguars. Yeah. And they were running all the zone reads of all the, all the stuff. And you could tell Lloyd was just, his head was spinning. He he didn't know, oh, am I attacking Hurts here? And so it was just ease. That's why they were able to gash him over and over and over. So I think it's just, you have to be disciplined against this team. The RPOs are going to be tough to stop because, but you can stop them. And I think actually getting him into the RPO world, which is their easy button, getting him into that world is a win, I think, for the defense, unless you're the Vikings. <laughs> because it's but that's like I'd much rather him throw a little flat route for a two, three, four yard gain than have them hand the ball off and gash us for eight to twelve yards up the middle. Um, so yeah. I think that's and it sounds it sounds so basic, but really it's you have to be disciplined and hope for third and longs and get them to third and longs because they they fall off a cliff like most offenses do when they just have to drop back and they go for a fourth down so much that you want them to get a third and long so they don't get into that fourth one, two or three or four situation. And they'll just they'll get those two, three, four yard gains on you. So it sounds Basic in a way, but play disciplined and play fast. I think that's what you have to do, Dan yeah. Quinn.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it feels like, I mean, if you're playing like the, you know, the the zone stuff uh, where you're matching, but you have eyes on the quarterback because, I mean, yep. his scrambling has been so good. So if you're playing so straight man, it's tough. I mean, what about, I always had this question about like one robber, you know, when you have that yep. low hole defender, is that guy like a, a spy? Like, can you put like a your best athlete there and be like, all right, uh, you know, ch- chase down hurts in addition to these routes crossing over the middle? Is that a, a method that could work? Okay.
1: It's, and I think that would have to be like the coaching game plan. Like, cause you, yeah. I, I think that's a misconception sometimes is that like, oh, this is the rules for this play. It's, it should, good coaches tweak it and go, okay, so if you run one robber, Focus on the quarterback. Look up a crosser, and then focus on the quarterback. That's a great idea, though. (laughs) Like honestly, that's a really good plan. And also, the Cowboys' um, their safety group—they have all these long players that can run. You know, um, Israel, and I'm blanking on his last name, uh, number 26. And then they also have Curse. Like those guys are good in these types of situations because they can run around a little bit and keep up with a running quarterback like this. So I know that's that's a great great idea because rather than having a linebacker like Anthony Barr sitting there like. Okay, he's going to juke me. <laughs> like, Let's get a guy that can actually move and have a, have a little bit more length and chase those guys down. But no, that's a great point.
0: Yeah, that'll be fun in uh, in two weeks because like you said, I mean, Parsons will just wreck some plays. DeMarcus Lawrence versus like Lane Johnson is just that. That's like a you know a fun matchup for the football guys, and then you have Trevon Diggs. So if you're playing uh, some single coverage on the outside, with AJ Brown has just been such a game changer that has solved so many problems for them in high leverage situations and opened up different parts of the field. But I was trying to look. I'm like I kind of wish they played the. 49ers or the Bucks yeah. or the Bills just to kind of see all right what are these teams going to do but the Cowboys that their the Eagles schedule is pretty soft and so like yeah. that that Cowboys game maybe in a couple of weeks will tell us a lot all right those were those were all the voicemails how, how do you feel about it you got to delete it you can delete them now
1: that was... <laughs> <laughs> I will delete them. I think it's full now. Uh, no, I, I know. I think that was good. There was a lot of mans throwing there. I feel like, yeah. I know coach speak is a thing. It's funny how much, um, how much they all talk the same when I hear these voicemails.
0: The, doing that last one, I'm like, I feel like I've morphed into uh, like McVeigh Gruden on pretty much every one of these guys. I said I wasn't going to impersonate everyone, but as I'm reading I'm, my, something in my body, just started doing the same thing
1: with uh, with every guy. So that's okay. It's, it was the first it's time. It's a zoo blue it steel. Like it's, just, it's right. all the same look. <laughs> I'm taking crazy right. pills. <laughs> all right.
0: Let's finish it out with the mailbag. Start the NFL week off right with a no-sweat, same-game parlay every Thursday from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. Every Thursday night, you'll get free bets back if your NFL same-game parlay doesn't hit. Same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. Maybe something like the, the Broncos, minus three and a half. Maybe the under, I like a little bit. And how about a Cortland Sutton Anytime, touchdown, build your own or choose from one of the popular SGPs pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. However you want to play, you can bet the NFL every Thursday night with a no-sweat same-game parlay. And with FanDuel's new live same-game parlays, you can continue building SGPs even after the game has started. Just sign up with promo code RINGERNFL if you don't already have an account. That's promo code RINGERNFL to get free bets back if your SGP doesn't hit. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Disclaimer, 21 plus in select states. Three plus legs, minimum $1 bet required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max free bet $5. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP, or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY, or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. Of course, if you have a question, you can email the scramble mailbag at gmail.com. We'll just do two or three here. Cyrus says, hi, Sheila Nate. Glad to have you back together, even briefly. Is there an offense in the league that is under the radar doing really exciting things or one that maybe isn't top five, but that you just have to watch every week? I know what your answer is going to be, but go ahead and tell us. I
1: I bet you do. Uh, (laughs) That is the Falcons offense, Cyrus the Virus. That is, I, I really, this is, the Falcons offense is a fever dream, man. It's awesome. I love it. They are running play action. At the highest rate since two thousand and nineteen, uh, I think the the Rams are the other one that has run as much as them in twenty twenty in golfs last year there. Uh, but not only just that they're running play action, like I know everyone thinks that's a cheat code. It's the diversity of this offense and how they do it. Um, it's not just the same outside zone type look. They're pulling guards. They have tight ends and fullbacks sliding across. Um, the use of personnel groupings is so cool. And I know people are getting frustrated about Kyle Pitts's usage. They are using him in good ways to open up the rest of the offense. They're used, they'll get into a heavy personnel grouping, um, 22, which is two tight ends and two running backs, but they make it look like a two-receiver look because Kyle Pitts is so dynamic, and that is very hard for defenses because they have to match with heavier bodies. Otherwise, they'll just gas you in the run game. So they're the only offense in, in, in the league so far that has run 11, 12, 21, 22 personnels over 15%. They, so they're using just everything, and it's just... Yeah. And it's not when they go in 20, uh, they go in 11. So three wide receivers, they change up who it is. They go into 12. They have different tight ends in there. They go into 22. They have different tight ends in there. It's just this diversity that is so much fun. Marcus Mariota is only completing the ball 14 times a game, but they're all explosives. It's they, they, they started the game with eight completions against the Seahawks. Every single one went for a first down. Like this team, it's a very fun offense. It's, Of course, this is another team that it's all going to depend on game script, I'm sure, but they go down double digits. It's going to be tough for them to come back because they're not built to drop back 20 plus times a game like a traditional drop back offense. But if they can keep it favorable and they get these turnovers on defense like they have been, it's it's a very fun offense against the Browns. They ran it 14 straight times, including one drive, 10 straight run plays. And it's not just zone, 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 zone. It's just this different types of plays. They're doing wineback stuff with the center pulling. It's a, it's a, it's a very cool offense. Is it Marcus Mariota has been okay, but the, the fact that they can look like this with Marcus Mariota playing okay is pretty remarkable.
0: Yeah, I think they're second in success rate overall, and a lot of that is you're running the ball and picking up these uh, games. I have questions about the sustainability. Like, yeah. I think if we're talking in December, I mean, they're they're really up there in a lot of statistical categories, and I give them credit. Like you said, they're maximizing uh, a lot of the talent they have at their disposable uh, disposal. I mean, I thought that was going to be one of the worst offenses in the NFL coming into the season, just looking at kind of the the talent in the offensive line. And I'm yep. not a Mariota guy, and he's I I swear every time I made this joke earlier, but Every time they flip to red zone and the Falcons in the three to four eastern window, he's fumbling in the fourth fumbling. quarter. Like, how in the Reds are yeah, like the worst times. <laughs> the zone, like, high leverage, they're like about yeah. to score to go up two dig- or double digits, or they're about to like, yeah.
1: they're running out the clock and he drops a snap. It's like the most bizarre yeah. thing in the world.
0: <laughs> yeah. So they're doing the most with what yeah. they have. Seven completions in a game is usually not going to uh, get it done. So that game script, like you mentioned, uh, is a key. But uh, that's a good one. What about the I, I wrote down the Lions? I mean, do you, yeah. are, are the Lions? Right up there, right? I mean, their numbers yep. this year are crazy. Jared, they're throwing the ball down. Even last week, they don't have Amon Ross St. Brown or DeAndre Swift. And I know the Seahawks defense stinks, but man, they were getting ch- It was just TJ Hawkinson over right. and over again. What do you, what has kind of impressed you about them? Another
1: well coached team. Like, they, I mean, it helped when the offensive line's been a little banged up, but I mean, when they're healthy, they have three legit all pro caliber offense alignment. And, but even without that, like they, um, uh, week two, uh, they were missing two of their starters They're we missing Ragnar, the center and Jonah Jackson, the guard, who are those two of those all pro type players. And they didn't miss a beat. <laughs> and I think it's just a, it's a very well coached offense. They know, they understand defenses in the way that, okay, if we shift in motion this way, we are going to get the defense to set this way. And then we'll, Will manipulate it to get the favorable run look. They have a very diverse run game. Um, they they I think at one point in time when I wrote about them, they had run like five different concepts six or more times at that point in time. I think that was after week two or three. They the, so they don't just run one thing, but they're also able to pull guys. And I brought up the example with the Steelers, they're running into a loaded box. They would never do that. They understand what what runs have answers to what defenses. And that comes with the coaching staff. And um, they're making golf, they're having golf throw these explosive plays because like their designs are really good. Um, the Hawkinson touchdown, his first one, um, it was in the red zone. And how they had a guy in a jet motion and then they ran a little switch vertical. It's the same type of play that Trevor Lawrence threw a pick uh to Bradbury on. Same okay. type of design, more or less. Um, and how but how they did it, with that jet motion rather than a running back, the, the defender had to fall off and you could see Jordan Brooks's head pop. Because he's like, wait, who do I take? And there's Hawkinson wide open on a wheel route. And that's just a design because red zone comes down to play design because it's just you have to manipulate the defense somehow. And they do it week in, week out. And, no, that, it's, it's it's an awesome offense because it's very sound in what they do. And they also have some dudes up front.
0: It's so funny having these conversations. You just want to, like, pluck this coach and put him with this quarterback right. and this coach. And you're like, ooh, that would be, oh, my gosh, it would be I wild know. to see. But that's the nature of all these discussions i guess i know it's like uh, can i
1: see justin fields in this freaking offense like, uh, <laughs> right. like please like can we like swap them like i just want to see yeah. it like just see what it looks yeah. like when he has all this help weeks. around
0: him. you should yeah. allow that just give him a trade for a, teams that aren't going anywhere just let him do a little trade like that for a couple of weeks see what yeah. happens all right connor trial trial
1: period trial period like, <laughs> <That's> just, <right. laughs>
0: my question is with regards to the afc north this has been a division with a reputation for being tough gritty relatively strong compared to others Is it just me or is this division just bad this year? Don't even want to talk about the Browns situation. Steelers are in a place of QB transition. Ravens and Bengals are finding surprising new ways to look unconvincing. I'd love to hear your take on who wins the division this year and which team is best set up for long-term success. Thanks and keep up the good work. I guess it's really a question of, yeah, you know, uh, I'm with him. Yeah, I I don't really have interest in discussing the Browns aspect of this either. uh right now so and Bengals this year and also long term do you kind of see uh, do you like where they're at do you not like where they're at how do you see it
1: yeah I, I think the Bengals the the qualms we had with them last year as you know especially in our gambling segment last year when I kept betting against them because I'm like the bottom's gonna fall out like it's gonna it, it took a year it just took a year for it, but I, I think they it, it, the frustrations with them it, it comes down to the coaching and and a little bit of some of Burrow's bad habits, uh, which is uh, you know how he's he's kind of becoming a one and done quarterback because I think he has as far as his reads because I think he doesn't have faith in what the play calls are going to be and also if the line can hold up. So I think there is some of that. Um, I also think this defense has been last year. They, uh, this defense is pretty fun to watch, but it's like okay, who are the young guys though? Like it's more kind of a vet team and, and that, you know, Logan Wilson, at linebacker, I guess, but it's, you know, I, I'm interested in that. So I think they're a weird team to me. They're always going to be, they're the Bengals, but I, I, I do trust what the Ravens are doing. I, but it's, I think this offense, they have some young pieces. I really like other than Lamar. I do. I love Rashad Bateman as you know, Mark Andrews as well. JK Dobbins when he's healthy, uh, Gus Bus as well. Devin Duvernay is becoming a nice complimentary piece. He's more like a number yeah. three, but it's fine because they have Andrews in that offense. The defense, uh, and I also I think they're all line, you know, with Linderbaum coming in and and they need Ronnie Stanley back. But I, I I don't know. I like where they're going with that. Greg Roman will isn't, you know, that's a whole other thing. But as far as the defense, it's they're just get keep getting banged up. So it's like you think they're gonna be okay, but the up front they get banged up. And Patrick Queen is a negative player at this point in time, but they still have. Justin Matabike, have Humphreys. Um, oh my uh, God, you know,
0: your guy Matabike last week. Holy cow. Oh my God. How many man. plays did he make in that game? He's so I was, disruptive. Yeah, I, was, I was giving you fist pumps from my living room over here as I rewatched it. He was fantastic I, last week. I,
1: I was just a year early on him. I, was, I tried <laughs> to hype him up all last year and it took, it took a year before we finally got there. But yeah, no, but they have some young pieces I like. So long story short is I, I do think the Ravens are still the favorite. I think they uh, their offense is just more. God, I love how we bash their offense. All right, their offense is more sustainable, uh, but it, <laughs> but it is it, it really is. I yeah. uh, for whatever weird reason I trust them more than I trust the Bengals just because of you know having Lamar and having answers. I think more answers than the Bengals are running into when they face Cover Two. And I also think that's my answer for kind of long-term success because I just have faith in in the GM and Eric DaCosta and Harbaugh. And I, I just think, you know, they can't keep getting hurt like this. Um, so I think yeah. long-term, it's like if they're this team's healthy, it's one of the better, like one of the very good teams in the whole AFC and the NFL.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. The, the infrastructure in, in Baltimore just seems a lot more... Uh, sound and firm, and I trust their decision-making and what they're going to do to put players in position uh, to succeed there. Uh, I still like Burrow a, a lot. I, yeah, I just wonder. I, you, anytime they lose a game, I'm just like, did they put Burrow in, like, was that, a, did they help him at all? Like, did they, was anything schemed up for him, or did he just make three great throws one-on-one on the outside when he was getting single high? Like, when they succeed, it just feels like that's what's happening yeah. uh, every time. I, I wish they had some more help, For him, I mean, their run game stinks. Their run game is 27th in DVOA. Uh, Their O-line, I thought, could get to competent this year. I didn't think they were going to be, like, unbelievable. They disappointed for a while. You know, last week they played pretty well, so maybe they'll figure some things out there. So uh, I still like them uh, because I just like Burrow, and I'm like, Burrow Chase. Higgins, Boyd, you're going to make some. Play. Give him, like, you know, if he drops back 42 times in a game, they're going to make, they're going to find ways to make some plays. They're like 30 of them might look terrible, yeah. but there's going to be, you know, a handful in there that they're going to make some plays. So, one note on the Bengals, the hardest remaining schedule in the NFL Oof. for DVOA, the Ravens are 16th. So, if you're looking at, you know, who has an edge this year, I know it's early, so schedule strength, yeah. don't read too much into it, but I would say uh, Baltimore there. All right. Last question. From Matt. Matt says, Well, he it's some nice words. I don't want to read the compliments, and I'm not gonna be the host who just gasses himself up and reads out the compliments no, saying So no, he he did say he'll be honored if his question makes the show. So wow. you you should feel honored. Uh Matt, you are on the show. King Thanks Shield. for writing in. <laughs> I think it was because you were on me. It had nothing to do with me. Uh, Four weeks into the season, there had been plenty of head-scratching results. Which one game do you think we will look back on at the end of the season and say, wow, that was a total fluke and the outcome ultimately signified nothing for either team? He's thinking Bill's Jaguars game last year. The Jags won, but the Bills were ultimately fine and the Jags ultimately stunk. I don't even know if you got a chance to look at this one ahead of time. Okay, you did. Okay, so you have an answer. What do you got?
1: ironically it's the commanders beating the jags and and uh, oh, week one interesting good one i think that's going to be a fluky one i think it's going to be one of those things where the hype got a little out of control with the jags last week uh i i i i'm very more like they're a good team not a like just like team that everyone's going like holy shit they're one of the favorites in the afc it's like no 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 they're they're a good team uh and i think that eagles jaguars game is going to be one that we look back on later in the season and go like wow that was those are two good teams going at it but, you know, the Jags are, they can't create explosives. They're still throwing too many balls to a converted corner. Um, the fact that Zay, losing Zay Jones for a week devastated the whole offense is kind of tells you where they're at. Uh, but I, I, I do think they're a solid team uh, with a, like, a solid defense with some fun juice up front. And I do think the offense, I do think Trevor Lawrence, I think as long as he doesn't have to play in another rain game, uh, oh is going yeah. to keep him out of the rain. I know. That was the thing. Somebody I asked, I was like, what what does he do in the rain? And there was one college game he had in the rain. It was the ACC championship game when he was a a freshman. And he went 12 of 26, I believe, for 120 yards. It's a thing. Yeah. So, oh God, discourse is building. Uh, But it's like, so keep him out of the rain. He'll be fine. But I do think they were a good team. I think that Commander's team is a a zombie team. I I really do, especially with Carson Wentzkin. Being Carson Wentz, like so, I think that game we look back in a few weeks ago, like holy crap, that actually happened, and and where the Jaguars team is more of a nice solid, solid good team.
0: Yeah, even watching that game live, it was you know, or rewatching it, it was like man, the Jags had a lot of opportunities in that game to win the game. Even afterwards, it felt like a game they kind of gave away. Uh, I'm going to go with the Colts beating the Chiefs. I mean, we're taking this before. Thursday night uh, football so we'll see if the Colts get it together I think this Colts team might just stink I don't see like answers coming back to them they seem flustered they're showing all the signs of a bad team this year the Chiefs I mean I think that will be the I don't think a team will give away a game like the Chiefs gave away that game they didn't even play well they have special teams mishaps left and right which is so unheard of
1: with them yeah If
0: if Chris Jones doesn't have that late penalty where we don't even know what he said, then they still win the game despite all those mistakes. So I think the Chiefs will be playing on championship weekend. I think the Colts, you know, I I wonder if they're going to snowball a little bit here and just be a bad team. All right, Nate, this was awesome. Thank you, Nate Tice, for joining me. Read his weekly rewind on The Athletic. Listen to him with Mays on The Athletic Football Show. Watch his weekly videos follow his tweets. What am I missing? Are there other plugs? You're doing like 1400 different things.
1: I think you got it. I'm not doing Twitch streams yet this year. We'll, we'll see once okay. in a few weeks if I get bored and start doing those on Fridays, but yeah, I think you got it. It's nice. It's nice being a company man now, as opposed to a mercenary where I had to like go like, Oh, this is on Bleacher Report. <laughs> this is on here. So nice. Yeah. Just check me out on The Athletic. I, I We're not doing our pick segment anymore this year. And of course I get off to a hot start. So I it's know. like, I no. I missed that. I know, I know. I do too, well, man. Listen, I, I do too. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure
0: it out. We'll figure it out in the future. We'll figure out some collaboration. <laughs> Make it work. All I'll right. Do. This was awesome. Thank you to Mike Wargon for producing additional production supervision by Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal. Stay tuned tomorrow for the Ringer NFL preview show on this feed, and I will talk to everyone next week.